Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Dave Leventhal is joining us on the WBEN, Trocare College Live Line, editor-in-chief at rawstory.com. A lot to talk about, Dave. Uh, today's the Michigan primary, and on the GOP side, it's kind of a messy one because of infighting. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, so there, there's drama on both sides here, and we'll get into that. But on the Republican side, effectively, the Michigan party has divided itself. Uh, there are warring factions that are going to be holding not one, but two different state party conventions. And before that happens, there's going to be a primary where voters, of course, are ostensibly going to uh, vote for Donald Trump and he will win and Nikki Haley is going to lose. But uh, that that's uh, almost beside the point uh, because it speaks to a larger issue that factors into the general election as to whether people in Michigan, which is a critical uh, swing state, is going to have 15 elector- electoral votes could be very, very pivotal in the ultimate outcome uh, if, if they're truly all on the same page. And at least the answer at this point in time is, no, it doesn't seem that they are. Well, that's kind of interesting. But at the end of the, uh, of the day, uh, Dave, it, it's all pointing toward Trump winning the GOP nomination. Nikki Haley says she's going to hold on through at least Super Tuesday. What's the the, the long shot scenario that she makes ground and is in it past Super Tuesday. Well, the the scenario is that she doesn't. Uh, there, there's effectively no chance that Nikki Haley can can overtake Donald Trump. And you look at Michigan; she's almost certainly going to lose. You look at Super Tuesday, which is uh, coming up very shortly, uh, and uh, all of those states. Uh, Donald Trump is almost certain to win. There are 15 states and a territory that are up for grabs, and it would be surprising if Donald Trump didn't win every single one. So that very much begs the question of, well, why is Nikki Haley still in this race? And there's really uh, three answers here. Number one, uh, Donald Trump is going to be 78 years old this spring. Nikki Haley, if uh, there was a health crisis of some sort or Donald Trump could not continue on the campaign trail, she would be uh, ostensibly the next person in line uh, to carry the banner, although there would definitely be challenges. But she would be in a position to make that case. Also, Donald Trump is facing, as we all know, massive, massive legal troubles. He's a party to four different criminal cases, 91 felony charges pending against him. He's got civil liability issues, of course, uh, that are going to cost him hundreds of millions of dollars. And and Nikki Haley also wants to be in a position. And and then the third answer is that she is the ultimate never-Trumper within the Republican Party. She is... Uh, carried that banner. She has waved it high, and she philosophically believes that there needs to be a voice of opposition in this primary 
as long as she can go. And she still does have the money to do it, although it's the spec that she's going to have that for perpetuity. But at least at this point, she's soldiering on because she does have the means to do so. All right. Well, while we're talking about Michigan, there's also drama on the Democratic primary there in that state. Oh, there sure is, Susan. And uh, much of this is coming down to not a domestic issue, but an international one. Uh, And it's uh, squarely centering on Israel and Gaza and Hamas. Uh, There is a sizable population in Michigan that is apoplectic about Joe Biden's support financially and otherwise for Israel. And uh, uh, there's a significant Muslim population in the state of Michigan. Uh, Many Muslims in Michigan are Democrats. And uh, there's been a very active campaign to vote uncommitted, which is an option in Michigan, as opposed to voting for Joe Biden in the Democratic primary. So it's entirely possible that we could be looking at double-digit votes, probably low double digits, but double digits nevertheless, for uncommitted relative to Joe Biden. Joe Biden's still going to win the state. Uh, there's, there's no question about that for the primary today. But again, same principle applies to Joe Biden as it does to Donald Trump, that if there's a sizable portion of people in his own party who are not real happy with Joe Biden and feel that his policy positions as president in his first term are not something that they like or not something that uh, they can get behind Joe Biden because of, then the, the prospects for Joe Biden dim just a little bit more because for a second term because of that factor. So pay very close attention to how that all shakes out. Again, it's not going to affect the results in, in Michigan today, but it definitely could speak to a larger issue that will dog Joe Biden for the many months to come before the general election in November. Well, Dave, uh, if anything's certain, it's that when New Yorkers head to the poll on April 2nd for the presidential primary here, they'll basically have really nothing to (laughs) vote for or a reason to go that much, at least for most people. Is there, you know, been any significant talk on a national level or maybe on a state level of kind of overhauling this system so we don't run into this? Not really, or at least in the way that you're describing it, Brian. Uh, yeah, sorry, guys, everyone in New York, you're, you're going to have a snoozer. <laughs> so it's not going to be much of anything uh, besides a, a perfunctory uh, do your civic duty if you are a member of one party or the other. But uh, there really hasn't been talk at the national level of uh, completely scrambling the primary system. I think we saw this year that uh, there was definitely movement to do so on the front end of the primary calendar. And we we had that spat, particularly uh, with the Democrats, uh, with putting South Carolina ahead of New Hampshire. And New Hampshire saying, no, 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 we're the first in the nation primary and we're going to go first. And then they had their delegates stripped from them. And then basically Joe Biden boycotted it. And and there was that that little sideshow drama. But uh, yes, to to doing it uh, in a way where there would be a national primary where everyone voted on the same day or a state like New York was able to go uh, to, to go much closer to, uh, to to the starting line or states with bigger delegate halls now. Nothing like that really at all. And, hey, New York is voting in April. There are lots, there, not a lot, but, you know, other states that are voting in, in May or June. So imagine how they feel right now. You know, why not have, like, Super Tuesday for almost every state? 
Yeah, and, and so it's a question you and so many other people have asked, Susan. It, it, it seems like it would make sense, right? But there's tradition, there's history, there, there's the desire for, I think, both parties to have their candidates go through a much smaller contest first because of the opportunities to have those candidates test themselves, test their message, do retail politicking. I've, I've been to New Hampshire. I've been to Iowa many times for uh, primary and caucus purposes, and it's a whole different environment than you would ever get in New York or, or any other state that is obviously much bigger or going later in the uh, in the contest. So there is that factor, too, and it's of all the priorities that we have in this country, that one seems pretty darn low for both political parties at this time. All right. Well, Dave, thank you for the update. Thanks for joining us this morning, and uh, we'll look forward to that April 2nd date here in uh, New York for sure. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.